Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fearless. Jamie Davidson is joining today. He is a nine-figure seller and my business partner at AMZ Insiders. Now, there are several different ways to sell on Amazon. Just to be clear, Jamie and I both sell and teach private label, but we are always asked, and I'm saying always, like through social media, in person, about the different ways to sell, things like retail arbitrage or RA, OA, wholesale, drop shipping, and Jamie will chime in on others as well. So welcome, Jamie. Hey, Joey. Always great to be here. And yes, I agree. This is a very popular and common question we get both within the community or people interested and also just friends and neighbors and people trying to understand how this Amazon selling world works. Yeah. And I just want to make a point with my intro. I was saying, oh, I only sell private label, but guess what? I also sell KDP. I sell print on demand and I do Kindle direct publishing because I have a book that I sell on Amazon. So just throwing that in the mix, I do private label for my products. And then I have an audiobook, a KDP Kindle direct publishing where you can read it on your Kindle. And then of course you can just order my book and it will arrive at your doorstep probably in a day. So Jamie, let's jump in with our favorite one, private label. What is private label and why do you like selling private label? Why did you choose private label? Yeah, it is a interesting question. And, and as you said, there are success, There are people that sell successfully in every channel. So it's not like there's only one way. So obviously private labels, as you mentioned, what we both do, it's what we picked from the very beginning. So more than 10 years ago and it's become more so, I probably didn't even fully appreciate all the benefits of, of going private label that's have emerged over the years. But uh, some of the biggest ones right now is that you own the brand is probably the number one thing. So it's actually your asset. So the other ways to sell on Amazon are uh, have good potential for cash flow. So you can make money. Private label, you can make cash flow. But because you own the brand, that's like the bigger game at play, right? It's like playing chess while other people are playing checkers because you own the brand and it's like, do you want to, you know, do you want to work for an NFL team or do you want to own the NFL franchise? Right. So because those franchises or the asset you own can go up in value uh, in addition to make you cash flow. So that's, that's one of the, the biggest ones. Um, you know, I actually have done some other methods too. I have done retail arbitrage initially, not in a big scale, but I wanted to like, it's a good way to learn. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of the benefits different ways, but like to go to target and get some product and resell it, or maybe your kids want to learn how this stuff works. And so they find a product or a toy, right? And there's not a big commitment to buy inventory, but you find something you want to try to resell it. For me, it's a good way to learn the process, but it's not really a sustainable business unless you're like just kind of a, I don't know, I'll call it a one percenter in terms of doing like crazy stuff. Like you want to drive around and play a game and try to dodge getting your business shut down because you're in violation of other people's brands, et cetera. So the, yeah, the private label, just a lot of benefits, but one, you own it. And two, Amazon, you know, really rewards people that own the brands. And, you know, we want to be in business for ourselves, right? We want to own the brand. If you and I, you know, we're partners in AMZ Insiders, a coaching business, we want to own the brand AMZ Insiders. It's our business, right? We don't want to own someone else to own it 
and just have the ability to participate. But, you know, we're here for entrepreneurship and private label uh, for us certainly, you know, has, uh, has provided that benefit the most. Yeah, that's interesting that you brought up um, uh, retail arbitrage. So, so retail arbitrage is really just buying products from a retail store and then reselling them on Amazon at a higher price. And I'm making it sound easy. It is a little bit difficult because Amazon is going to require some documentation that you are allowed to sell. But really, that's kind of the gist of retail arbitrage. And then online arbitrage is the same thing. It's just buying it online. And ideally, you buy it right discounted and then you sell it on Amazon for a higher price. And they're they're very popular. And what they're called RA and OA. And what I like or what I have seen is that people do that just to start. Like, hey, let's check out this selling. And it could be selling on Amazon, but like, let's just check it out. And how do I sell this stuff? And then you kind of get hooked into, hey, I kind of like selling physical products. And then people will come into AMZ Insiders and say, hey, I'm doing RA and OA, and I want to switch to actually own my own brand and not have to jump through hoops and be the brand owner. Yeah, that that's uh, well said. I'll, I'll add just a couple of things too. So some people, you know, when you think of retail arbitrage, think, well, how can I buy something at one price? Why is it so much more expensive on on Amazon? You know, the idea of arbitrage is finding these gaps in the market where, in a local market, you know, a price is different than what kind of the broad marketplace price is. And so where you'll see that most often is is like let's say clearance items. So a given store, they've got to move their inventory, and so. It may be a product that sells for $40 on Amazon, and maybe they were selling it for $40 even more, but suddenly they're trying to move that product to get it out of the store. So they're selling it for $15, right? And so you can go grab all those at $15 and, and move it on there too. So yeah, so it's essentially that that gap. There's I think the online arbitrage too. You'll hear people, maybe we'll just cover some of the descriptions of each of these things just so people are clear. Like the online arbitrage too, you'll see people talk about drop shipping from Amazon to Walmart, which I would say stay away from that, which again is the same thing. It's this yeah. arbitrage game. Like, Hey, we're going to buy products off of, uh, in some cases it could be either way, but off of Amazon. And we're going to, that at a cheaper price, you're going to be able to sell them at Walmart, uh, at a given, given point. So typically these platforms don't like that. Uh, the brands don't like it. And so what happens is kind of more of a short-term opportunity where people are like, Oh, I'm making 30%. I'm making things and they're, they're buying inventory on a credit card and they're reselling on another platform and they do it or they hire someone to do this for them and it works until it, it gets shut down. And then they're like, have all of this credit card fee stuck on a, on one too. So I would say avoid, avoid that one too. Yeah. Drop shipping. Um, people like drop shipping because they really just have to buy it online and ship it to somebody else. And it seems super easy and it's often like there's, there could be a third party supplier involved, right? Like you said, um, Amazon to Walmart or Walmart to Amazon, but that's where it gets really, really tricky. And even if you're doing it to somebody else's, like to a brand, I mean, you're, everybody owns a brand, right? It's, it's the brand 
I should say like the brand is owned by somebody if you're going to be drop shipping. So it is not a sustainable business. It is a quick way to maybe make a couple bucks. But and I do want to say people have gotten into some pretty big trouble with it too. So there's a lot of legality and issues that can arise. So if you are drop shipping, I hope that you have an expert or some legal team that is guiding you because I don't even know all the <laughs> ins and out of it, outs of it. I've just heard the horror stories. So I stay away from it. Yeah. I can chime in with two other ways that are legitimate ways that are big volume ways. Again, we don't primarily sell this way. So the other two ways that are big are selling wholesale, right? So legitimately selling wholesale. And we've got some friends in the industry that do this. Well, they're basically, they're, license to sell other people's brands. So they get contracts with the, uh, with those companies. And there's like billion dollar brands that really don't sell on Amazon much, or they're fine with certain people depends. Some of them have like a distributor network. And so kind of like, but if they get that agreement, uh, and there's people that are experts at Amazon wholesale, I've got, we know plenty of people in the industry that do, you know, 20 million, $30 million in wholesale. The margins tend to be much thinner. Uh, so whereas Amazon private label, your business hopefully is 20%. Joey, I know you were much higher than that with your price. What was your approximate margin for your, uh, I guess your business profitability for your brand? Yeah, I ranged 40%. And then at some points it was like 65%. I like to yeah, go I mean, after big margins. Those are higher dollar products, which I've talked about on the podcast. So if you don't know much about my selling story, I'd love for you to check it out and give me some feedback and maybe you'd get some ideas on bigger margins. Yeah. So that, I mean, obviously 20% or higher is way high. Wholesale, you're typically going to be 15%, 10%, 5% margins. So they're just moving product, but they're, they're basically buying, you know, I have the ability to sell Nike, resell Nike, for example. I, you know, I have a licensing deal and so I'm pushing it out, but I've got to buy it at their price. I can only set the price at what they have agreed to. The price can be sold at. And so the margins are tight. Uh, and again, you don't really have an asset. So if you go to like Empire Flippers or if you go to a website closers to look for all of the brands that are, or all the Amazon business for sale, you're, you're going to see almost no wholesale businesses because what are you actually buying? There's buying, unless you have a ton of exclusive agreements, you don't really have an asset because you don't own any of the brands. We said at the beginning, the, the brand is what's valuable. So again, some big players in that space that do well, it's a different type of market. You know, if that's your skill set, some of those guys are running their own warehouses because they're moving all this product. And so it's more of a, you know, cash flow business. And again, there are people that do well in that space, but it's completely different than building your own brand, selling your own brand as well, too. The other one I'll mention, we don't, you don't hear about as much is called Vendor Central. Uh, so we've sold, you know, over some cases a year, over $15 million a year have sold on Vendor Central through Amazon. And that's called... Uh, selling private label on Amazon is called 3PL. So you'll hear the word 3PL and vendor central is called 1PL. All right. So, so kind of the third party. So it's a third party, like private label, third party. Then 1PL is, uh, if you've ever looked on Amazon, so are you buying it from a third party or are you buying it from Amazon sold by Amazon? Well, so what Amazon will do, they did this to us. They came to us and they said their vice president had a meeting with us and said, Hey, you're leaving $5 million on the table by not allowing us to sell your product for you. And we're like, well, we don't want you to sell our product for you. We like to sell our own product. They're like, well, here's the deal. We're going to promote your product in different ways. You don't have to give us all your product. 
Um, we'll tell you how much, but your demand for your products is going to go up through the roof. And uh, it was, again, it wasn't as high as margin. So there is a, an approach and this happens more to more applicable to, again, big brands out there, right? So let's say you're Kellogg or one of the, you know, you're one of the world's largest suppliers of paper towels and everything else. Uh, with Amazon, you don't necessarily want to be a third party initially and sell the brand yourself. So you allow Amazon to do it. Uh, what I've seen with that, because I've had people come to us in AMZ Insiders to help us coach them, is Amazon squeezes them every year because Amazon is like Walmart. They want the lowest price. So they keep forcing them tighter and tighter and squeezing. Sometimes Amazon will just cut them off completely. Like if you're selling, like, let's say, I don't know, below a few million, they'll just go out to those guys and they'll say, hey, we're no longer buying any of your product. So a lot of the 1PL, the, the vendor central ones, again, is another model that in the past was more lucrative and the bigger brands still leverage it to let Amazon handle it. But we recommend controlling your brand, higher margins, owning your asset, you're controlling as much as possible, whether you're selling on Amazon or whether you take it to a different marketplace than you know, allowing any, someone else to control the brand. Yeah, that's good advice. And I think that you're right. It's like you have to weigh the the pros and cons to figure out what is best for you and for the brand and for your pocket, for your money. Yeah. It might be a fun episode sometimes, Joey, like it'd be like, you could, you can have a, one of the, one of our top wholesale guys on there and, and we can debate back and forth the pros and cons together uh, to represent, you know, those other, those other views as well too. So again, I'd say in the wholesale, there definitely are successful sellers. And so, uh, you know, do your homework. And if that's something that that type of work relates to you, then again, that may be a legitimate path. But, you know, I think Joey and I were, were biased towards the way that, you know, we love the ability to exit brands. So you get a huge payday because the biggest payday you're going to get is the day you can sell your brand to someone else. And, uh, and then we also want to control, you know, the brand. So whether we want to sell it on Amazon or somewhere else, we can get the cash flow and the, and the value of the, the asset itself. Yes. And quick before we go, one other question we get that kind of fits into this topic is individual seller accounts versus professional seller accounts. Um, you can still do both on Amazon, although I will say Amazon is really leaning more towards the professional seller account. But Jamie, do you want to give us a breakdown of individual versus professional? Oh, it's interesting. So yeah, the individual account, I think they charge you per unit. I would say if you're starting off and you're not sure they do it, but I mean, the professional account is only, I don't know what it costs now per month. Is it 40, 50 bucks or maybe it's 39. Yeah. It's 39.99 yeah. a month to sell professionally. Yeah. And there's a host of benefits with it. So yeah, I would almost in all cases recommend you get to uh, the professional accounts, like 40 bucks a month, the cost of doing business. And the reality is uh, if you're going to do any kind of volume, the math just works better to get the professional account. So yeah, good point. I would definitely recommend uh, getting that as soon as possible. Right. And if you're selling on Amazon and it's your your brand, especially for private label, then you definitely want an unlimited number of products to be sold. So the professional account makes more sense. But individual sellers, it's, it's yeah, basically you list your product and it's a pay per item fee for each sale. And so it's really for occasional sellers or, or small scale, but we definitely recommend the professional seller account. Well, Jamie, anything else to add before we 
know that our 15 minutes are up. I know we can keep going, but these are 15 minute segments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hopefully it was helpful because we don't talk a lot about the definition. Sometimes we kind of take it for granted because when we're talking about selling on Amazon, we're always talking about private label, but we don't necessarily always take the time to kind of define that there are different ways. And we're not saying that the other ways, you know, some of the other kind of legitimate ways aren't right for someone else, but you know, it's, it's for each individual to decide, but just like to share what we do and what's been successful for us. Yes. And if you want help with your private label, Amazon brand, go to amzfearless.com and you can book a free strategy call with how we can help you build your private label, Amazon brand. And Jamie, thank you so much for coming and sharing your backstory. I learned a little bit about you today. So I'm going to have you back, of course, since you're my business partner, but it's always a pleasure. And until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Oh,